Alrighty, everyone, welcome back. It is the first episode of Monday Madness for the month of July. Myself, Tavis Killian, here to bring you the important news. Now, I might switch the format up a bit. I normally start with an intro, but who knows? It might get a little heavy today, so I'm going to get through some numbers first. Right now, the rig count in the United States is at 263, which is down an even 700 year to date, but Canada is up five rigs from last week to a total of 18 rigs. So we'll keep an eye on that, see what projects are going on there. Otherwise, price for WTI at least has been hovering pretty steadily for the past week, week and a half around the $40 range. So this is good. Uh, I don't expect it to get much higher than that for a while because we've only begun to start drawing down from US crude inventories. I think the last reported number was about 7.2 million barrels in drawdown, which is fantastic. Let's see if we can keep that up, because the more we cut away at that inventory, the more we can get other people back to producing, and hopefully the more demand returns later this year. But that second wave of coronavirus and states like Florida blowing up is probably going to make it very challenging for those operators to produce. But like I said, I wanted to get those numbers out of the way, because I wanted to talk about well, an Instagram post I saw. So I'm pretty guilty of whipping out the phone every time I sit down on the toilet. Probably something I shouldn't do is, you know, <laughs> really just waste time. But I'm going through Instagram stories and I see someone had reposted. I had to reread it a few times. I didn't believe my eyes, but it said white supremacy and veganism. Now, I understand that might be a problem. And maybe people of color aren't represented as fully as they should be in the vegan community. But I feel like there's bigger things going on right now. I don't want to minimize what people are going through, but we have an election coming up. And right now, a lot of voters' rights are misrepresented. The LAPD receives millions of dollars for its budget, and there's still terrible public schooling systems and hungry children in those areas. And there's riots going on over police brutality. I mean, like I said, I don't want to minimize anyone's problems, but there seems to be some bigger things out there. Hopefully I'm not getting too political, it's just something I've been thinking about as a young man because a lot of people my age, hopefully not too many that know me are listening because I know they would be pretty upset that I've pushed aside the severity of, oh, I can't even say it, white supremacy and veganism. That's, I, there's bigger things, there's bigger things to push, but everyone thinks they've got a problem that's worth promoting and everyone puts it on their, well, their social media in which their friends follow them and their group chats, which involve their friends, and it's just a big echo chamber. I wonder if people are really trying to promote change or if it's just a big stroke off and everyone's trying to look better than the past. But like I said, I don't want to get too political on this. I want to de deliver more facts in my opinion. And I think I'm probably dipping my toes too much into the latter, so we'll get back to more news. But even then, the news can be blurred with opinion, as the first story I've got to report today is how a prominent climate activist apologizes for alarmism. Michael Schellenberger, who was at one point Time Magazine's hero of the environment, apologized on behalf of environmentalists for the climate alarmism they had propagated for about 30 years now. He recently published an article that said, quote, On behalf of the environmentalists everywhere, I would like to formally apologize for the climate scare we created over the last 30 years. Climate change is happening. It's just not the end of the world. It's not even our most serious environmental problem. This article was first published on Forbes, and uh, it was later removed for not following editorial guidelines. He goes on to talk about 
the fact that humans are not causing a six math extinction. It's just that the habitat loss that we influence in the direct killing of wild animals are bigger threats to species than probably climate change. So it's easy to see here just how quickly someone can push a narrative and how many people it affects. I don't think this is a bad issue to stand by in any means because, yeah, in a perfect world, we would definitely have fewer carbon emissions. But our energy needs and our quality of life stand in direct contradiction to the stances of environmentalism in that sense. Now, alarmism is definitely something that probably plays into most debates, conflicts, and political disagreements, but you can see just how dangerous it can be as it's definitely been a result of lots of legislation that's been pushed and funding for many different groups. Lots of money goes into these things. So I just wanted to bring that up as a little bit of food for thought, but uh, look at me getting political again. <laughs> Get back to more oil-related news, huh? Next, we've got some more updates on the Dakota Access Pipeline, which at this point seems like it will probably never be finished. The pipeline has been transporting oil since 2017, but resistance to that pipeline did not end with the project's approval or with its first crude shipments. A segment of the pipeline has now been forced to shut down, really. Stuff that was supposed to move from North Dakota to Illinois will no longer, as the owners of the pipeline, specifically energy transfer, have 30 days to shut it in. Now, this is another hurdle presented by a, a lot of Native American tribes that live and land around these pipelines. And I say, well, let's, let's stop fighting it and let's start shutting these things in because eventually someone will be upset with the quality of life or the amount of energy. And then the next logical step is to build these pipelines. The public might not realize it has the demands now, but then again, the problem with my statement there is that could be cheaper to get oil from foreign sources, say China or Russia. So I'm not sure politically, diplomatically, how to resolve these situations because I know these pipelines are very important in transporting a lot of the materials that people work from. But it's hard to try and represent every single group involved, even when some are way smaller than the others. In some slightly more positive news, we have plenty of people who think that Pennsylvania area, Appalachia specifically, is on the cusp of an energy and petrochemical renaissance. Now what this means is that the Department of Energy has noted that this area is about to break through and have something big happen. What they mean by that is that regionally, there's a ton of gas produced there, and it's pretty low cost compared to, well, other gases around the United States. And the DOE strongly encourages more people to invest privately into the companies in these parts. Now, there's been plenty of big public projects like uh, Shell's built petrochemical plant in Pennsylvania. And the feedstocks are definitely there. It's just a matter of getting those ex exploration and production, mobilizing to these plants and building some more plants. And this could make it a hotspot for plenty more jobs, petrochemical production, and as we've seen in the past, export. Because as we've seen in the past, plenty of liquefied natural gas and other products are exported from the East Coast with countries in East Asia, like Japan, being big customers for those resources. The DOE seems especially excited to capitalize on resources that can serve as feedstocks for new opportunities in low-cost power generation, petrochemicals, and manufacturing. Harnessing these opportunities will decrease our reliance on foreign source supply chains, and bring back U.S. jobs to this important region of the country. Now, I'm glad to hear this, because even though it is the Department of Energy, it's nice to have a government agency 
recognize the potential of a region like the Appalachian region. So, hopefully that plays out and develops more because, kind of like we mentioned earlier, one of the goals is decreasing the reliance on foreign source supply chains from areas such as China specifically right now. And jobs. Jobs in the United States. It's something nice. It looks like we're headed in the right direction. I say that a lot, but I like to recognize the positive as well with a significant decrease in unemployment. So happy for people out there that are looking to put food back on the table. Oops. Look at me getting political again. So, let's keep it moving, and like I mentioned in the start of the podcast, huge crude oil drawdown in the, one of the final weeks of June of 7.2 million barrels. Now, this was mostly surprising for people. This huge drop in inventories was way higher than most people expected. This was a booster factor, definitely for the price. Price probably wouldn't be at about $40 today due to this second wave of corona, which has states like California going through new lockdowns. But fortunately, new lockdowns, bad news, big drawdown on crude inventories, good news, balances out. So we've kind of remained exactly where we were before and after hearing that news. Now we still have plenty of inventory to work through and as that diminishes, hopefully we see that price go up like I mentioned, but still we've got states like California, maybe Florida, Texas, blowing up in infections again and potentially pursuing solutions in the form of lockdowns that can definitely hurt a lot of business owners and other people should that go that way. But oops, getting political again. Uh, I'm going to end the episode, but as you noticed, I, I mentioned politics and opinions quite a bit. They always play into whatever someone's pushing, and there's always going to be multiple sides, and they're all going to be fighting for what they want, and that's something you got to remember. There's a lot of issues. Really, my dad likes to say, go sit in the woods and think about what you really believe in, go fight for those. And man, if you still think about fighting white supremacy and veganism as being your primary issue that you want to pursue, hey, go for it. All the power to you. But I think there's a lot of things going on on a much larger scale that we could definitely unify. It's tough to see this stuff, especially around the 4th of July, but the tumultuous time and at the very least, it's been very interesting. So Please, if you disagree with things that I said, or you have something to add yourself, I mean, it, this is probably the most controversial episode, as there was a little bit of opinion going on in my own terms, so leave us comments. You can find the episodes on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave comments and feedback on any of those platforms in the form of reviews or comments, or you can even go to rarepetro.com, make a quick account, and comment directly on the pages. Try to stimulate some conversation and see how you feel. Hopefully we learn something new and develop a new opinion, but this is Tavis Killian, and until I see you next time, take care.